and welcome back to Media Plus from the Mac Observer, where we look at the world of digital media and Apple's place in it. And there's a lot of exciting stuff to discuss today. And I'm really pleased that to have Kelly Gamont back. Thanks so much for having me, Charlotte. I, I love getting to be here. So uh, it's it's fun to be back. It's great fun because we get because Kelly, as all you listeners should know, presents the Mac Observer's daily observation podcast, which, as it says in the title, is every day, Monday to Friday. You should check it out. But you know, she normally gets to put me in the the guest seat and give me a grilling. So this is kind of a revenge where I make her, where I sit there and ask questions. I'm going to make her do some of the work. So, you know, this is how we All do right. it. Um, and I want to start because it's a, my start off point is a topic we've discussed lots of times before, is that you used to be able to complete Apple TV Plus. And that mm-hmm. is no longer the case. And that is no longer the case because there's lots of stuff that you might actually want to watch on it. And th- this was uh, undermined, uh, underlined to me when we were having a conversation about what we were going to discuss on the show. And we were talking about different things on Apple TV Plus that we were watching. And we were basically not watching the same things, mm-hmm. which... I think is quite telling because that never used to be the case. Used to be there used to be one big show and you'd be watching the morning show and then mm-hmm. it was Ted Lasso or whatever. What there were big set piece shows that you'd get through. And mm-hmm. now that feels a bit different. Um and I want to start actually by talking about the latest I think big set piece which is the Mo- called Mosquito Coast. It mm-hmm. is based on the novel by uh, Paul Thoreau. His, I think it's his nephew, Justin Throw, is the star and is a exec producer and that kind of thing on it. Um, and the premise, if you haven't read the book or you told me it was also a movie, which we come to, yes. um, is that basically uh, Ali Fox, who's played by Justin Throw, uh, is a kind of radical idealist. He's an inventor. He's this kind of slightly bizarre character. And you find that right at the beginning he's uprooted his family making him live in different position a very difficult situation and then it escalates further and they escape to mexico there's no spoilers there you see that pretty early on and how it escalates now i I don't know how true to the movie is but i i I sat back and watched it and i've watched the first two as, as we're recording this i've watched the first two episodes which are available on tv plus at the time we were recording. And also I've been lucky enough to see a bit of of episode three as well. Mm-hmm. And my overriding feeling whilst watching it was dislike for the parents in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that was a thing that was conveyed in the movie. I don't know if it was a... I don't know if they, what the similarities... I've been trying to know the similarities and differences in the movie and the TV show. So I'd love to hear from you kind of how the movie did things. The TV show is very cinematic. Um, it's in kind of typical Apple fashion. It is, you know, very cinematic, beautifully shot, very expansive. Particularly some of the bits in the desert are, are really beautifully done. It was... Um, Neil Cross wrote it. Um, and he's an exec producer on it. The, there's a whole host of big name directors on it, um, so it's like very very cinematic the show. So I can see how it would have worked as a film, and in some ways it di- it didn't surprise when you told me it was a film because it does feel like that watching this series. Um, but it's obviously it's longer. It's uh, seven episodes, I think. So it's um, mm-hmm. I I have to say I found the beginning quite hard work. I'm kind of into it, but I found it quite hard work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I can tell you about the film is that uh, it came out in 1986. Uh, the book was written in 1981. Sorry, and... I'm going to have to pause you because at the, the the reason I therefore I didn't hadn't seen the film or didn't know it was a film off the bat was because I was not <laughs> born when the film came out. Please continue, right. Kelly so... Gamont. The thing that, like, so it stars Harrison Ford and River Phoenix. And uh, this is Harrison Ford, like, just off um, the first three Star Wars movies. Congratulations, you managed to mention Star Wars on a show being recorded on May the 4th. Well done. (laughs) I'm actually surprised it took you this long. I was trying to be good. Um, And happy Star Wars Day to everybody. Uh, So it's, um, like, he had done all three of those movies and a couple of um, uh, Indiana Jones. So he was a very, very big deal. And he played these two, these two guys with like, you know, that were sort of charming and stuff. And um, Ali Fox is not a good guy. Like you made it clear, like you were like, I'm not cheering for these parents. And so I think that was part of it. Like the opinion of the film has changed over time. Okay. Um, uh, Partly, be, like, at the time, I think part of it was uh, people were not into Harrison Ford as a bad guy. Like, and he's not a bad guy. He's just not a clear-cut good guy. Right. I, that is a really good point. And that very much comes across. I don't want to go delve too much into kind of spoilers so that yeah. that we ruin it for people who, who are going to work through the series in a linear way as it comes out. Um, cause, but... I think that's, I'm really pleased you told me that I'm not completely mad, not liking, uh, not liking (laughs) Ali Fox. And it may not be necessarily that he's a good or a bad guy. It's just that Ali Fox is not a very likable guy. Definitely at the beginning. And I think people had a hard time with like, why did you cast Harrison Ford, who I like, to play this guy that I don't like? I like Han Solo and Indiana Jones. What are you doing? Exactly. Right. I can Um, see that. So there was a lot of that. Um. I did look it up because I didn't recall what the what the critics and stuff were saying about it at the time. Um, but it's um, there's there's kind of a fair amount about it being um, uh, like an average movie. And um, like the people when you know, when it's the like the film viewer piece of the score of the the score, the rating score, like on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Um is still, I think, kind of tied to that. Like, you cast a guy I like to play a guy I didn't like, and I don't, I'm yeah. not into that. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, uh, Roger Ebert said that that um, Harrison Ford was was pretty good in it, and it's so it's sort of an interesting thing, I guess. At one point, um, he said, "It's the only film I've done that hasn't made its money back." Oh, interesting. So, so. I, I think ju- so. Justin Theroux is his performance is as good as the kind of performance you seem to be describing from Harrison Ford. Um, mm-hmm. Melissa George plays his wife, Margot Fox. She's also exceptional. Um, mm-hmm. The children are utterly brilliant. Uh, oh, Dina okay. Fox, the daughter, Logan is played by Logan Polish, and Gabriel Bateman plays Charlie Fox, the son. Mm-hmm. Um, they are particularly brilliant. Early on, in particular, uh, Logan Polish as, as Dina is fantastic. Um, so all of that stuff is there. I think I find 
it's very clever to have a show where you don't know if the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys and you don't know really who you want to in inverted commas win uh-huh. and, and you get that right from the start mm-hmm. um and th- there's various bits you know where they're going through the desert and the way again i'm trying to avoid spoilers but the way that the ali fox character reacts to events that happen and so on and mm-hmm. t- certain things he does in the in the desert you're just like oh and my frustration was it and i guess this happens quicker because it's a film but in the tv series as i said i'm about two and a half episodes in i still don't know what the they're running why they are running okay and i and I do not know as a viewer why they are subjecting their children to what the children are being subjected to. And I find that quite frustrating. I'm have, I got pretty invested in the story about 45 minutes to an hour in, I cared what happened. And now I'm just, I'm sort of frustrated that I don't know why, why they are on the run. And that's obviously the big reveal that is going to hold, you know, remain over the series or whatever. And that's fine. That's kind of perfectly legitimate dramatic device. But I am finding it frustrating. Impatient? Me? Never. (laughs) But, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's it's probably as close to a big blockbuster. It's one of the bigger blockbusters that we've had from Apple TV Plus in recent time. There's been movies, but this is quite a big TV series. They put a lot of... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen different adverts for it. There's obviously a lot of resources have gone into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that shows in the quality of the cinematography and so on and the production. Uh, That's fantastic. I will like, be interested. The other thing, I'll tell you the other thing about it. the film before we get too far away from it is that um, the thing, like it was sort of an, it was notable, even if people didn't like it, uh, you know, because of Harrison Ford. The other thing that was notable about it was that uh, River Phoenix played the son. And, Remind me again um, why teenage Kelly Gamont wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, difficult to say. Mm. Um, but it, um, he had just done Stand By Me, which had gotten a lot of attention. Uh, Stand By Me, by the way, is one of my all-time favorite movies. If you ever need someone to quote you chapter and verse from Stand By Me, I, I'm here for you. Um, he did that movie and people sort of started paying attention because uh, his performance really stands out in that film. And so people started to kind of take him seriously and like hot on the heels of that was um, uh, the Mosquito Coast. And so, uh, uh, you know, he's like 14 or 15 at the time and uh, turned in another performance that was very, very impressive to a lot of people. And it was sort of what started what what got him a lot more interesting roles and things um yeah for the the few years he had left unfortunately i'll be very interested to see the careers in the same way you're describing as river phoenix Mm -hmm. the careers of the two children in this because oh yeah it'd be very interesting to watch yeah and i've i've heard a, a lot of other people share uh your perspective on this like i'm not really sure what they're running from but I definitely want to keep watching and find out. Like I, I genuinely, after half an hour, I was like, oh my God, this is going to really annoy me. <laughs> and then yeah. after about 45, 50 minutes, I was like, well, well now I need to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Also, and this just is more about me than the show. It's very, there's a lot of like grime and dirt and like, and trash. It just made me feel a bit like I wanted a long hot bath afterwards. Yeah. 
I, I remember the film being very grubby. Yeah, kind of grubby is exactly yeah. the word. Exactly. Right. As I mentioned, we've both been kind of watching different things. And I was really pleased when you mentioned this because I've been trying to find a way to bring this up over the last <laughs> few days. Because you, you have got stuck into For All Mankind, yes. the space race show. It was one of the first things actually ever released on Apple TV+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I've watched the first couple of episodes. And the reason I mentioned that is because I think it's episode one, it might be episode two, uh, features a depiction of the lake unless I'm misremembering it, please correct me if I am it depicts it depicts the late great Michael Collins at one point doesn't it I think, I think so I think they show the bit where again I mean sorry this is not I'm sorry I'm not accepting that the Apollo 11 moon landing is a spoiler um, it's not no it they made it right so in For Mankind they, unless I'm totally misremembering they bits they show Apollo 11 landing on the moon and they're worried about that and then they, there's mm-hmm. a bit of Michael Collins in when there's they lose communication and there's Michael Collins in the uh the command module yeah and that is yeah so I I was thinking of that when we heard the very sad news that he had passed away um Mm -hmm. but obviously at Full Mankind moves far far beyond Apollo 11 is just a kind of glitch in in the story of Full Mankind that's not really what it's it's about at all yeah, uh, it like it happens. I think in the first, or, or at least we get remembrances of it. It's, it's uh, in the I first think, couple of episodes. Yeah, you see Apollo ten yeah. not quite touching down in the first episode, yeah. and so on. So, how far are you into it? What What are you making of it? What have, should I go back to it? Uh, I think I think so. Um, and part of that is because I want you to watch it and I want to find out what you think of it. Right. <laughs> um, because you're not American. And so you kind of don't culturally have a dog in this fight, um, which I think would be interesting. So um, uh, I think they, over this side unveiled... of the Atlantic, we were very much Team USA. Oh, sure. Uh, during um, the space race. And well, and the thing that's interesting about it is, and they showed this like when they announced the show. So I'm I'm still not giving anything away. Um, it's about NASA in the '60s, yeah. and Russia makes it to the moon first. Yeah, it's that's the first thing you see. And so, trailer. like, it's it's a very like this tells you a whole bunch of stuff about the show. It's an alternate history sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, there are some folks in it, like they talk about. John Glenn and Michael Collins and you know their buddy you see, Neil, you see, you know, yeah, like the, yeah. yeah. You see Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and yeah, it's very much um, rooted in reality. Uh, friend of the show John Martellaro did not like it um, as a so, literal sorry, rocket scientist. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's slightly rephrase from it. I don't think. John's position, quite right, as you quite right, as a friend of the show, is quite what influenced his position on this. This is, uh, as you yeah. say, rocket scientist, yeah, John Marcellaro. So he he couldn't cope with the idea that it was an alternative that we weren't seeing the real story of the ma- yeah. of the space race. Mm-hmm. We tried to inform him that this is what they call drama. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't go well for anyone involved. It's pretend. We're we know have it's to pretend. It's fine. We'll yeah, have to move on and we all had to just watch The Queen's Gambit and it made him happy with us. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, but I just was putting in friend of the show because I know he's a friend of the show. He's most um, certainly is. Yes. And uh, I 
so so far i have very much enjoyed the show for a bunch of reasons um and one of the things that i enjoyed about it um was uh i'm a person who if i see somebody in something and i can't place what they're from like it'll kind of bother me so um i had a very odd conversation with mr kelly when i went oh it's penny and he went what and i'm like that actress played penny on lost and he's like oh uh, you see i went, when you said penny i went big boat. i went big bang <laughs> well yeah, now i, I thought she the- was an airline hostess yeah no um uh, big Bang Theory and or not Big Bang Theory. She was on Lost, right. and one of the big plot twists on the on the show was not Penny's boat. And so I was like, remember not Penny's boat? And he, oh yeah, that's right. So um, it's interesting to place the the actors from different things, but also they had a, a character uh, whose name I am completely forgetting, um, who was on the show, and they um, based her on. A real uh, like on an actual person who did exist and was part of NASA and uh, and all of these things and so they had like a title card for her at the end right. and um and I like her some of her the pieces of her story seemed familiar to me and I'm like I feel like I've seen this because I used to be a super space nut when I was a kid and um when you live in rural Oregon and like maybe there's a chance to go to the moon, which is like the farthest you can physically get from rural Oregon. It has a lot of appeal when you're (laughs) baby Kelly. So um, I remembered reading about her. And so they had taken elements of this actual living person who is no longer living and woven it into this one particular character. And then they had a title card about her at the end of the episode. So I like to think that, like me, some other people went, well, who is that person? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. went and looked it up and found out, like, there there are a lot of these contributions that this person made that maybe you don't know about because sh- she's not Neil Armstrong, you know, sure. basically. And so it was interesting to see that. And it's also been sort of interesting to watch, like, all the performances are really interesting. And uh, I've so far I've enjoyed all the setup of the uh, alternate story, like the, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the the alternate timeline that we're looking at. Um, I like a story like that, where sometimes you, you mess with some of the details of something and then sure. tell a new story. So uh, that's been an interesting one. And uh, the best review I can give you of it is that Mr. Kelly is watching it with me. Wow. Generally doesn't watch most of the tv or anything that i watch and i'm like how would you feel about watching this show and i pulled up the trailer we were watching something else on apple tv and and i i went well what do you think of this show i was like why don't we give it a couple episodes and see what see what you think maybe it'll be good yeah and so we watched we watched one and then the next night he was like so do you want to do you want to watch another episode of that show and i'm like okay so here we go yeah, there you go. And he doesn't because he doesn't have a lot of patience for a lot of television in that way. So uh, to to want to sit down and watch something is pretty rare for him. So he's been enjoying. Yeah, it. I think it does have a lot of appeal. It will appeal. It's made by Rod D. Moore, so it mm. will appeal to. Let's be blunt about this: nerds like Kelly, who nerds, like yeah. who like all the his other all the other stuff yeah. he's worked and, on and space what are the other. One of the other producers is Naren Shankar, who did Heroes. That is so, correct. So we've got Star Trek. Uh, in this show's pedigree, we've got Star Trek, we've got Heroes, we've got Battlestar Galactica, 
So yeah. And yeah, I'm just looking. I'm just looking through the kind of cast and crew. I can't see that name, but that doesn't mean you're not right. Uh, the exact producers are uh, for, certainly for season one: Rondi Moore, Matt Wolpart, Ben Nadevi, and Meryl Davis. And for season two, it's uh, that same crew, and they've added a couple of others. But yeah, there's maybe other, he's executive. Or there's all sorts of people involved or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I remember seeing his name on like at least two of the episodes and going, "Oh, hey, there so, you go." Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they did bring in some kind of sci-fi royalty. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I think it probably is one that I kind of wanted to get. I started, I quite enjoyed it. I kind of got distracted by other things, but there, there's a lot mm-hmm. to co- commend it. Um, yeah. The thing I've been really enjoying at the moment on Apple TV Plus, um, and this was after kind of sustained campaign to get me to watch it <laughs> from from colleagues who shall not be named. But if you listen to the last episode of Media Plus, you probably can guess who it was. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll name them because I think they're trying the same campaign on me. Yeah. Is, well, I'm going to join it because I'm watching Mythic Quest. Okay. And it really is as good as our beloved colleagues have said it's funny <laughs> it's quirky it's clever it's kind of oh. got a bit of politics without being in your face it's mm-hmm. got a bit of it's really clever um I like I, clever. i'm really enjoying it and it has nothing to and it's genuinely funny at points and it really does not matter if you care about video games or not okay it just so happened like there there are some parts that are important about video games mm-hmm. um so i just want there's a special this is not spoiling anything there's a kind of special episode uh that shows the life cycle of a it's a kind of a standalone feature it feels like to mm-hmm. me um I, I may learn that these characters return at later points but it feels like standalone when you first watch it and it tells the life cycle of a different game and, okay. and that's kind of obviously very gamer centric um yeah. but still really nicely done and it goes beyond that world so you're saying that the um, and, there, and there is a link is to the video mythic. games the way Ted Lasso is about football. Kind of vibe, that kind of vibe. Like, it's there, but if you don't know anything about it, you'll have a good time. You'll still enjoy it. It's okay. The way you know it, the office is not about the company that the people in the office work for. Mm-hmm. Like there are some very clever bits of the industry focused and make like probably only work if they're in that industry, mm-hmm. but it's like it's very it's very well done um so i've been really enjoying that and it was quite nice to have a show on tv plus that you kind of go back to Uh, it is starting to feel a bit more next netflix if i can say that Mm -hmm. um (laughs) in that there is there is extra stuff now that i want to go to i'm actively having to choose between apple tv plus stuff and mm. other stuff and that's quite a nice position to fit i haven't felt like that yeah. up until this point so we were talking before and i i do want to move on to it because um uh, we've got the elliot page an elliot page interview is the la- latest episode of the oprah conversation mm-hmm. uh we've shared some clips on the mac observer there's more to to go around and the whole episode is now available yeah. to watch i'm certainly going to be very interested to sit down and watch it and it's in lots of ways, it's exactly what Apple and Oprah should be using their partnership for. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it makes complete sense yeah. on, from so many different angles. Um, but it's also something where uh, 
I would be it's something I'm interested to watch and then I'm thinking well do I want to spend my hours time watching that or do I want to watch Netflix or do I want to go back to mm-hmm. Blackish on Disney Plus or whatever you know mm-hmm. you are now being asked to make active decisions and Apple TV Plus is a ca- part of that calculation now in a way it hasn't been before I don't think absolutely um and part of that is I have noticed um and I primarily watch TV Plus content on an Apple TV box sure so uh when I go in and use the the TV app or TV whatever they call it on you know the little thing that you click on on the TV and, yeah. and it shows you like there used to be a couple of things that I had sort of started or right. sat yes. down to watch that were TV plus thing. Like if I just look at the TV plus stuff, there were like a couple things that maybe I watched an episode or half an episode yeah, wandered yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now like everything on there, all of the like, you know, continue watching, like every one of them is something that I actually do want to continue watching. Right. As opposed ah. to just stuff that's there because I never came back and watched anything else. So those half things never really dropped off. And there's a bunch there. And like you were saying, it's an active decision. Like if I go to TV plus and look at those, like I can sit there and decide like which one of these is the one I want to watch again. Yeah, and, or exactly. Continue watching, go back to. And, um, and I'm finding that um, a few times lately, I've started on TV Plus. I'm going to watch something. What am I going to watch? Let's see what I can pick up from from TV Plus. Yeah, I, um, I want to get your perspective because you did sit down and have a chance to watch the whole Elliot Page interview. So I'd like to get your take on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell me that first and I'll ask my next question. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um, I very much appreciated the... Um, the opportunity to get this sort of perspective from mm-hmm. Elliot Page. Um, I really, I really liked that. And and one of the things that I noticed about it that just sort of stuck out to me um, was that they talked about, um, we're absolutely not in the same room together. Like, yes. Well, they, that's right out of the gate. That started with the Obama episode. Yeah. The Obama interview where they actually showed the kind of green screen technology Mm -hmm. and how it looks like they're in the same room. Yeah. Uh, And I did like Obama sort of looking over and going, and apparently we have a fireplace. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And so they like right out of the gate, like the first thing Oprah says is hi, Elliot, you're in, I think they're in, I, I think he was in Canada and Oprah says, you know, and I'm in Hawaii. Nice. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, I need another show about that sentence. <laughs> like, yeah. why are you in Hawaii? Like, because I know the other one was someplace else. Anyway, so um, uh, for the most part, like from a technical standpoint, for the most part, you don't notice that it's green screen. Um, there's one point where Elliot moves his hand in a particular way, kind of off to the side of himself. And, and the hand disappears. See- and you can see, well, it doesn't disappear, but there's sort of the weird outline around it. Like, hi, this is a very green screen moment. Um, and that's the only po- the only point. And if you're not watching very closely, you know, if you're not if you're not Kelly, you're probably not going to see it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to another. I think this is a good point you make because I want to uh, dive into it a bit because this, unlike a set piece political interview with someone like uh, President Obama, this interview mm-hmm. with Elliot Page, it's the first really big big one he's done since coming out. And yes. 
it's uh, from from all the clips I've seen, it's a very intimate, quite personal interview. And Absolutely. from what I have seen, that intimacy is not lost by the fact one of them is in Hawaii and one's in Canada. Yeah. Which I think uh, is it, a really impressive feat, both on, I mean, on the part of Oprah as the presenter, mm-hmm. um, on the part of Elliot Page as the interview and someone prepared to be open, and also just technically to pull that off. Yeah, the, the technical piece of it to me was the part that... It really struck me because I'm a nerd for that stuff. I love a behind the scenes. I love a director yeah, commentary. But it, it's not just you being a nerd. I think an interview like this with this level of intimacy that can easily get lost if you're not in the same room. There's mm-hmm. a reason why, you know, interview subjects have gone to TV studios and radio studios and sat mm-hmm. in the same room with magazine reporters for years and years and years and years and years. And years. Yes. And part of that is because and you know i've been lucky to interview some very interesting people and part of that is the intimacy that you can have in a real conversation if that has not been lost if the technology has facilitated that or at least not made it disappear i think that's really impressive and i think well i think at least some of that credit has to go to oprah and being the interviewer that oprah is sure um well this is uh, excuse <laughs> it. This is a terrible handbrake turn now. Stand by for the screeching. But we're still on Oprah and yeah. interviews. But we're now going royal. Well, before we get there, let me tell you. Okay, let me characterize the the Elliot yeah, Page interview. Tell me, um, and then I, like I want to go royal. It is intimate. It's super personal. Um, I really admired his courage in sitting there and talking about it because if you listen. Uh, I listen to voices all the time. I'm I'm a podcaster. I have many conversations. I edit one of my podcasts, so I listen to voices. Not all, all of them the are in her own head either. Yeah, this is even before you get to the ones in my head. And uh, you can hear some shaking sure. in his voice sometimes when he talks about some of the things. And I really appreciated his uh, uh, courage to continue and to con- and to tell the story and talk about himself and his process and how this worked and I really and I really appreciated Oprah saying I didn't know a lot about uh about your journey I didn't know a lot about mm-hmm. trans people in media and uh and said like you know I got this this uh documentary that you told me to watch that I went and sat down and watched on Netflix so like now I have homework um but I went and watched this, do- you know, she's like, I went and watched this documentary and it told me a lot of things that I didn't know. And so yeah. like, I went and got educated in order to do this interview, not just like I did a bunch of research, I did a bunch of research on you yeah, so that yeah, I the- my questions to ask you, but I did like other research as well. And some of the things that we talked about and I felt like it was handled really well. And I felt like, um, uh, the part that made, Elliot Page uncomfortable was not was saying anything at all. It wasn't Oprah asked me a question. I don't yeah, particularly yeah, yeah. want to answer anything like that. And so, um, like I, I honestly, I was really impressed with with his courage and his willingness to answer the kind of questions that Oprah was answering. So, it was a, a very very interesting interview, and I hope that there are people who get an opportunity to watch it and get to listen to the perspective of someone who is probably different from theirs. 
Yep. And and, and, that, and that's the point to of, see what that's like. Yeah, and that's the point of Apple having this platform. It's the point of having someone mm-hmm. like Oprah use it. Um, again, apologies for the screeching handbrake term, but I am going to do this because, and I, it's a screeching well, it's handbrake Oprah, term. So it's not super screechy. Well, it is because you're talking about a very good interview Oprah did. And some of us on this side of the Atlantic may have been less than impressed with the, <laughs> another interview Oprah okay. did. We're, and this one also involves Prince. This show also involves Prince Harry. We finally, 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 after a good year and a half, nearly two years, I think, uh, mm-hmm. found out that we're finally going to see the Oprah Prince Harry mental health series on Apple TV. She I'm... apparently revealed to Drew Barrymore on the Drew Barrymore show that that mm-hmm. is coming in May. So some point this month, we will see Oprah and Prince Harry. Whether Oprah was meant to tell Drew Barrymore this, I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, this is what we now know. We don't have an exact day at the time we recorded this show, but mm-hmm. in the next you know, two, three weeks, we should see that show. Um, we also have a launch date for Mr. Corman, starring and created and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. That's heading to Apple TV on August the 6th. And again, I'm going to avoid a spoiler alert, but I think this is going to be quite a big ripple and might be one of Apple's first really big ripples. It's original podcast line, uh, which we have talked about Mm -hmm. uh, and I've done reviews of. Um, That has finished. The first season of that has finished. And apparently the the series finale, which I'm going to settle down and listen to, has some quite big news in it. Uh, And I think it's going to disrupt my cynicism from the early episode so that this was just a bit of a, <laughs> okay. a, a by numbers podcast Je- jeff gamut was a big fan of it and you can listen back to that episode in which we discuss it uh mm-hmm. but there seems to be some big news coming out of the final episode of the podcast okay uh, and so that will be worth keeping an eye on as well well but if i recall we talked about it and we didn't understand we were trying to get our heads around uh why it was a podcast and also it's a tv show yeah, and uh, well, some of that they I were think different entities like right, the only so, thing that related them was they were covering the same event or the same exactly. So it will be interesting to see how that plays along, and yeah. we will also be interesting to see how the kind of news lines yeah. coming out of the line play out. But for now, thank you so much for joining me, Kelly Gamon. Obviously, you know you can catch Kelly at Verso uh, on Twitter every day at, at Mac Observer's Daily Observations. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. Please do subscribe to this show and share it if you enjoy it. Let me know what else you're watching, listening to, and what you want us to discuss on here. But until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks.